Welcome everyone to the Theory of Enchantment podcast. I'm your host, Chloe Valdery. I decided to start this podcast because a few of my friends and mentors recently have told me that they would definitely listen to a podcast if I started one. So I thought to myself, well, sounds like an interesting idea, but what should this podcast actually be about? What exactly am I passionate about? And I thought about it for a few minutes, and of course, the answer came to me. I'm super passionate about the theory of enchantment. Now, for those of you who don't know, the theory of enchantment is a theory I developed when I was at the Wall Street Journal for a year. You see, I was at the journal from 2015 to 2016, where I was a part of the Bartley Fellowship Program, and I was mentored by Brett Stevens, who is now at the New York Times. And I developed this theory called the Theory of Enchantment, which is essentially a theory about the psychology of persuasion, but deeper than that, is fundamentally about cultivating connection and fostering deep connection uh, inside of individuals and between communities, and especially in previously polarized spaces. And additionally, the theory of enchantment aims to try to inspire people to self-actualize and to believe in themselves despite the odds, despite their imperfections, despite the things that they have to overcome in order to do so. So throughout this podcast, what I'll be doing is I'll be taking a look at a lot of pop culture. Influencers in pop culture, from musicians to journalists to company owners to anyone else who's a leader in their field, really coming up with some innovative ideas and ways to bring about connection between human beings. And I'll be talking about those ideas and telling you what I think about them. And hopefully I'll be able to interview some really cool people also who are leaders in their field, some of whom happen to already be in my uh, inner circle. And as for the others, hopefully we can build an incredible podcast that'll be compelling enough to make them want to be on and be interviewed. So that's what this podcast is about. I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you are inspired and motivated to get up and pursue your own ambitions and your own goals. Now, today we don't actually have any guests because it is the first introductory episode. Um, so <laughs> we don't have any guests today. It's going to be a bit of a short one. Um, but I do want to share a story with you, um, a personal story with you. And this is a story uh, about learning about identity and one's place in the world. So something that recently happened to me, an aha moment, actually. This is a story about notions of blackness, introverted insecurity, and a recent experience that transformed the way I see the world and myself in it. I grew up in New Orleans in a middle-class family, in a two-parent home. For a brief time, I went to a predominantly African-American school, where many of the students had experiences that I simply did not have. Many of them grew up in public housing, did not have fathers, and certainly were not middle-class. But as a result of parental influence on myself, I had been raised to value and deeply love education. Now, I was considered to be a nerd by some, and to be honest, I was and still am. But others went further in their insults and accused me of acting white because I turned in assignments or was excited about them, especially 
English Lit. Now, what's ironic is that I was excited about English literature because I wanted to be like Maya Angelou and other great African-American poets who I had been forced to memorize since I was basically six. But that's a bit of a side note that I'll come back to later. Because I was taunted by some of my peers and accused of being white, I grew extremely resentful. And to the extent that I became resentful of them, I became resentful of their experiences. They had otherized me and questioned whether I was quote unquote one of them. So I felt inclined to do the same. Because they had defined blackness as one monolithic set of experiences, I began to hate the very idea of those experiences. A certain type of condescending attitude began to grow inside of me to the point that later in life, I simply failed to see those who had labeled me. And by fail to see, I mean I would ignore people who fit the stereotypical image of those who otherized me in high school whenever I encountered them. My insecurity was such that I assumed that if I began to speak to them, they would simply prejudge me. So I just prejudged them. Now, isn't it funny how it always works this way? By fail to see, I mean I didn't fully take in their existence as we would encounter each other in the street or elsewhere. The encounter just reminded me of the bitterness I felt when being otherized, and I didn't want to feel that way again. But somewhere along the way, I started revisiting some of Maya Angelou's writings and interviews. One thing that really moved me was her insistence that we tell Black youth, especially troubled Black youth, that we so desperately need them, that they are valued, and that they are loved. Growing up, there was always a bit of a dilemma inside me. On the one hand, I had a great deal of pride in my people's culture, but simultaneously, some of those people were telling me I wasn't one of them. You can imagine such a dilemma and how stinging it must have felt. But Maya Angelou's words stayed with me. So fast forward to the present, I started volunteering with an organization that mentors kids whose parents are incarcerated. All of these kids are minorities, we do homework tutoring with them, athletic activities, and other programs. And to put it mildly, these kids have quite honestly been through a lot of shit in their lives. The worst of the worst. They've seen dead bodies. Some of them have been sexually abused. Yet in this program, we demand the best of them because we so fervently believe that they can overcome and already are overcomers. We shower them with love and put into action what Maya Angelou spoke about years ago, the importance of showing our young people that we believe in them, especially those who haven't been told often enough that we believe in them and that we need them. As you can imagine, working with these kids has really transformed me. I've begun to see those who I neglected to see growing up because of the feeling of shame it brought me for making me feel different. But I now realize I have a very important role to play as a model. And once I began to see or fully take in the existence of the young people around me today who are in high school or younger and who come from broken homes or difficult upbringings, that is when I began to realize how beautiful and full of potential they truly are. And today's quote of the day is as follows. Drink your tea slowly and reverently, as if it is the axis on which the world earth revolves, slowly 
evenly without rushing toward the future. That quote comes from an app called WeCroak, which reminds those who decide to subscribe to the app that they will die. I actually decided to download this app after I saw that it was being talked about by a former colleague of mine, Barry Weiss, uh, in the New York Times. I believe she talked about this on Twitter. And uh, it was around the time that Yom Kippur was coming along, and the reasons that she downloaded this app resonated with me. It seems to me that a constant reminder of our own mortality gives us oftentimes the inspiration to live life to the fullest. I am your host, Chloe Valdry, and this is the Theory of Enchantment podcast. Thank you for listening.